0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Build Your Vision Show. I am Klee, the visionary, and I'm so excited that you're here. We have a great interview today with Pastor W.R. Snell, talking about his book, Get Unrealistic. If you want to be an unrealistic visionary and you want to have unrealistic faith in your dream, and not just in your dream, but the dream that God gave you, y'all, this this is power-packed. Like we, sh- we get straight into the 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 meat and potatoes in this interview like it is really good if you have any questions about building a vision on faith and not being distracted and getting clarity and being focused literally this whole interview from start to finish is for you let's get into it you're listening to the build your vision podcast a podcast series about maneuvering the ups and downs of building a life that you're proud of captured in real time a community where dreamers become doers endures become world changers let's go i feel like there's always a tension between having unrealistic faith and working hard for someone that has a call from god to start a a certain unconventional job or something like that yeah funds are tight you know they no longer have a regular w-2 that they can rely on they have faith that god will provide for them and meet those bills but do they need to go get another job <laughs> or like should they should they uh, radically cold call and try to get more clients? Like I'm trying to figure out, OK, where's this line between unrealistic faith and then motion activated faith, which are both in the book?
1: Yeah. So I think I think sometimes we create a tension where I don't think there needs to be one. So, you know, when you read the book of James, like they there, that faith has an expression. And so the primary expression of unrealistic faith are actions um, or steps or behaviors that reveal the faith. So, So I can tell what you're believing for by what you're working on, what you're sacrificing for, where you're investing your time. So like, man, like, you know, like even when we talk about like the student that's trying to clear. Like, you know, faith is not just saying a prayer and sitting down. It is filling out a scholarship application. It, it, you know, it is applying for a Pell Grant. Um, You know, it's kind of putting some things in place Um, for, for God to kind of work through. And if I can kind of give a biblical example of that is that each and every day when God was moving Israel through the wilderness, you know, what he basically said to them each and every day is like, yo, listen, I'm going to send manna for you each and every day. You're only supposed to get one portion And even when they tried to get a double portion, it would rot and it would be filled with maggots. It would stink because Mm -hmm. they were supposed to live a life of daily dependence upon God. But it's amazing because see, essentially what God did was he laid out the manna, but he did not come and bring it to their tent and spoon feed it to them. Mm -hmm. They had to go and gather it. They had to go and prepare it. And so I think that, you know, when, when when we truly are believing for a certain thing, so like if I'm really trusting God, you know, as as I'm, I'm trying to write this book, you know, the expression of faith is that, I mean, I start, you know, developing or dedicating time to write. I begin putting down a table of contents. Um, if you're going to, you know, produce the CD, like you don't just pray for, you know, for God to open up a door for you to produce a CD. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to start writing. You're going to fill up a notebook, man, with lyrics and and content so that when that door opens and that opportunity reveals itself, you know, you've already begun moving in that particular direction. And so I think one of the things about faith is that it's moving in a direction. And we talked about, you know, kind of motion activated faith. It's moving toward a closed door before it opens based upon the command of God. Now, again, this is kind of where you, you manage attention. So when you talked about possibly um, getting another job and putting a certain vision on hold, see, that's only um, an act of unbelief if God has told you to remain in the vision path. So if God says, pursue your music, if he says, pursue your photography, your writing, your ministry, your business, and and he's telling you, invest everything you have in it. I think the key is kind of knowing where God is leading. And, and even as he tells you to do that, there are going to be some days where he leads you in that path and the resources are not clear. The support is not obvious. Um, You know, the ways in which things are going to unfold is not always apparent, but you're going to kind of move in that path. And as you move in that path, you will begin to see doors open. You will begin to see resources appear. Support will show up in miraculous fashion. Um, it would be unbelief to then say, OK, listen, man, I, I'm being a little unrealistic. I just got to do what I got to do. Let me just kind of put this on hold. I got to eat today. Let me kind of step out of this vision stream and over into this reality stream. That's the step of unbelief. If, in fact, God has told you to move forward. And so I think, you know, there there are certain things that I don't think that need to be in conflict with one another. If I'm believing for something Yo, know, one of the, the primary things that's going to happen, my actions are going to be an incidental byproduct of my beliefs. They are going to mirror or reveal my beliefs. And then the other thing that kind of helps you have clarity about it is is you've got to have clarity about where it is that God is leading you in a particular season. Yeah. So that if this is the time for you to to step out and move and you've got your marching orders you don't deter from the vision stream just because the circumstances that you're facing suggests that you're not on the right path. There're going to be lean seasons, they are going to be hard seasons, they are going to be difficult seasons. Listen, even with this book, get unrealistic. I cannot tell you uh, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many things conspired against me during this writing season to suggest that maybe you just shouldn't do this. The time is not right. Um, you know, just put it off to next year. Let it gestate in your soul a little bit longer. But man, you know, one of the things that I had is I just had this prompting. I just had this urge. It was, I was kind of almost like a, a nine and a half month pregnant woman. Like I I had to go ahead and get it out now because one of the things God was making it clear is that it was for a particular time and a particular season And like to delay or hesitate or put it off, you know what I'm saying, would have caused me to miss the season where it was going to flourish and thrive and impact the world in the way that God intended it to do. And so I want to just encourage somebody to realize that, yeah, you know, stepping out there sometimes they're going to be hard seasons. It doesn't mean everything is going to be rosy, um, but you will have the peace and the assurance simply because you're clear on where it is that God is leading you
0: yeah i I feel like unreal the fr- prerequisite to unrealistic faith is unrealistic clarity yes and and just for that person that might not be as clear right now, you said you had that that prompting that urging that you just had to birth this thing. what are some things that those that people can look out for to to kind of define whether God is pulling them or calling them to a certain direction so that they can be unrealistically clear? and then yeah. practice that unrealistic faith.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things I want to just say to everybody is, and I think all of us kind of ha- get revelation in different ways. There are some people that have like night dreams. There are certain people that when they sit still, they can, they hear the voice of God with great clarity. Um, I'm, I'm not one of those people that have night dreams, but like when I just sit still, you know, I feel like God just begins to kind of paint a canvas on the walls of my mind and i and i can hear his voice with a with a clarity that moves me in a certain direction um and and so i think number 1 i think everybody just needs to kind of figure out how you find your inspiration so some people find their inspiration in stillness some people find their inspiration in music sometimes like for me being in nature like really clarifies things but i think at the end of the day what 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 i really want to drive home is like, I think clarity. So even if somebody kind of makes a suggestion or maybe there is a, a spiritual leader or mentor or somebody that kind of drops something in your spirit. See, one of the things I've, I've come to believe is you can never be thoroughly convinced by what other people say mm. or by what other people think or by what other people suggest. At some point, you've got to not just find, but you've got to make alone time and not be intimidated by stillness or silence and allow certain things to settle in your soul and ripen in your heart in a way that is autonomous of opinions, hearsay, uh, polling, what people suggest. Because see, the problem is when you face you know, those seasons of uncertainty or those seasons of lack or drought, which are not just likely, but they are inevitable. Let me say that again. They are inevitable. All right. What other people say, or if you've been convinced by opinions or or parents or friends, you can easily become unconvinced. But see, like when you've kind of gotten instructions in the secret place, where in your, your prayer closet, you heard the voice of God, or in that night season, you received that particular dream, or in that time you dedicated like to, to discipline meditation and you heard God say now or here or this, that becomes all the confirmation that you need when you face circumstances, which suggests that what you're believing for is unrealistic, that it can't happen and it can't come to pass. So if I can just suggest two things, I just think one, it is not being intimidated by silence or stillness. And it is just kind of training our ears to be able to hear the voice of God. And, and I want you to be clear. This is not just thing for pastors and ministers or super religious people. I think God is speaking to us all the time in nature, through technology. And I just think all of us have these moments where if you just sit still and you listen long enough, you'll hear God with clarity. And, and I tell people all the time is this, you know, um, you ever been around somebody uh, that 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 blows a dog whistle? You ever seen somebody mm. do that? Yeah, and it's amazing because when they when they blow it, we don't hear anything. No, but if you're that dog, his ears are going to perk up, and yeah. he's going to stand at attention. He or she's going to stand at attention, and it's simply because they've learned how to listen on a different plane. Mm. And and see the clarity that you spoke of—that is the catalyst for unrealistic faith—is based upon just learning how to listen on a different plane. Not just kind of listening with the ears that are attached to my head, but learning how to listen with the ears of my soul and my spirit. That's where revelation is 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 heard and seen. That's where this type of clarity um, begins to take place. And what happens is you then begin to operate, man, with with not just not not guessing. You're not functioning in an experimental way. You're not functioning in and in, in talking like if when, like if it's going to happen. You talk like when it's going to happen. You don't talk in probabilities or likelihoods. You talk with certainties, mm-hmm. and you're not deterred by every opposing element of life. It gives you a resilience, it gives you a bounce back. It puts something inside of you, man, that will not allow you to stay down. And what it does, and this is epic, it allows you to reinterpret or interpret your circumstances differently so that when the person who has no vision sees a stumbling block, you see a stepping stone. Um, When when other people see an obstacle. Like the visionary sees an opportunity mm. and and seeing this is not something that can be quantified. Um, it, you're on a spreadsheet, <laughs> on an Excel document like this is for that rare person that refuses to take the path that everybody else takes or be a reflector of other men's thoughts.
0: Yeah, man, that is OK. So we got unrealistic faith, unrealistic clarity. And I feel like in order for someone to hear that voice, you have to have some type of walking relationship with with Christ, in order for you to even mm-hmm. have the wherewithal to hear him when he when he's talking to you, because you know his voice. One of the chapters in the book is uh, "Faith is Focus." Yeah. And um, what are some things that that the listener can do every day to remain focused on Christ, not the crisis? Uh, like, what does that look like? Does that mean read my Bible all day, praying all day? Is that me <laughs> deleting my social media accounts? Like, what what does that look like?
1: Well, so I, one, I think it looks like Different things to different people, because, see, one of the things I think, um, you know, I think one of the points of reference with that particular chapter is when we talk about how Peter was was walking on water and how he got the word from Jesus to step out of the boat. He begins walking to to Jesus on the water. Now, one of the things that happens is like, man, he is making strides, progress as he is walking on the water. But what happens is like, you know, he steps out of the boat in the middle of a storm. It's storming when he steps out of the water. Mm-hmm. And what happens is after a while of walking on the water, he sees the waves boisterous, the Bible says, and he removes his focus you know, from Christ and he shifts his focus over to the waves. And automatically he begins to sink simply because there is a shifting of his focus from his power, from his strength to his circumstance. And I think that one of the things that the enemy does and, and see this thing I want somebody to get. If you haven't had a chance to re- read the book, is that the storm could not sink Peter. All the storm could do was distract him, mm. and and see. I want somebody to really digest this principle: is that there are circumstances when God calls you to to make a step of faith out of the boat, to begin walking on water. I need you to know that there is no circumstance that you face, no difficulty, no hardship, no adversity, no opposition that can sink you. All they can do is distract you and to shift your focus away from Christ, who is your strength, um, to the circumstance. Which is, which, which kind of looks to intimidate your faith. And so one of the things I want to suggest is that I think it doesn't, it doesn't mean necessarily I'm praying all day, but I think what it does mean is I start my day with Christ, that I center myself spiritually, that I, I, I'm, I get that additional round of clarity about what my marching orders are. But number two, I do think a part of like, you know, living a, a, a life of focused faith. It is mastering distractions. So when we talk about distraction, it's not always like this angry opposition. I think it's just things that actually add no consequential value to the vision that you're walking in. So like there are times where like you can just lose yourself on the scroll all day, all day. And you're spending so much time watching other people live that you forget to live. You get so caught up watching them, their vacation photos and their wedding photos, and you know their success, and 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 it literally frustrates you and torments you because you're watching when you should be doing. A part of having a focused faith is making sure that your that you are very discriminate about your inner circle, and, and let me just be clear: one of the things that that had to happen when I began walking in unrealistic faith is like, you know, there are people, and let me just say this, there are people who love you, who mean you well. And because they love you, they don't want to see you hurt. They don't want to see you get disappointed. They don't want to see things go bad for you. So what they're going to by nature do is they're going to always kind of push you in the safe path. You know, they want to put you on the path of least resistance because they don't want you to experience disappointment, hurt, or pain. But see, what happens is you kind of got to get to a place where you're kind of inner circle, meaning the people you influence and the ones who influence you They've got to be people that talk faith, that live faith, that pray faith that are going to reinforce the values of faith that you're trying to walk in on a day-to-day basis. And so like you got to make sure that you're you're equally that you're equally yoked in that way. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be hard for you to kind of walk in unrealistic faith if you're partnered with people who only walk by what they see. And see, again, you know, that person is not bad. They're not necessarily evil. But I just have a belief that if they can't see what you see, then they can't really inform you. There's an old adage that says at some point you got to stop letting blind people proofread your vision. Um, (laughs) And and it's crazy because like Jesus talks about how, man, you know, there are times where, you know, they're blind religious leaders. And he says, essentially, you have the blind leading the blind. Yeah, Uh, But one of the things I tell our church all the time, the only thing worse than the blind leading the blind is the blind leading the seeing, Mm. meaning I have seen what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. That person has not. And for me to follow in their footsteps or allow myself to be led by them when I've kind of seen the path that I'm supposed to be on. That's more foolish than a blind person, uh, you know, allowing himself to be led by another blind person. And so I think that you've got to master the distractions. So for some people, it's going to be social media. For others, it's going to be television. For some, it's just like the need to be included, accepted, understood and embraced. And let me just say this, that unrealistic faith doesn't work for people that have not embraced their own personal uniqueness. Listen, you, you are a unique creation. Do you realize that in all the years of earth's history, that God has never reused a single fingerprint? (laughs) He's he's never recycled it. Like, I mean, you can go back to Adam and all the generations that flowed out of him. God has never reused a fingerprint. Like that's how unique you are. You, You are a custom creation. He did not put you on the rack. He created you custom, like for a specific work, for a specific task for a specific impact, to be partnered with a specific person. And what I'm saying is stop trying to make your custom features fit on the rack. And so like those are some of the keys to like, you know, having a focus faith. It, it is basically living in a mission driven way. Now, does that mean I never stop to, you know, it, it smell the roses? Does it mean I never rest? Does it mean that I have imbalance? It doesn't mean any of those things, but I rest, you know, I I exercise, I have, you know, you keep family. Um, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you kind of take time to be still because see those things that I'm talking about, you know, they, they don't, they don't take away or subtract from the vision. Mm -hmm. They actually strengthen you, uh, spiritually, physically, socially, so that you can actually complete the task that you've been given to do.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so good, man. This has been power pack. Thank you so much for coming on. I have one last question It's really simple and short. Sure. Uh, I ask this question in almost every interview. Uh, let's say you got a billboard. Let's say it's on university Boulevard there in Huntsville Yeah. and the whole universe drives down university Boulevard and they see this billboard. Yeah. What would you want the message to be that everyone sees when they drive by?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's essentially, it's essentially this, um, you know, this idea of, of getting unrealistic, right. It is just stop allowing ourselves to be tutored by what is. Stop being mentored by reality. And I want to encourage everybody to get to a place where you start embracing unrealistic vision, that you begin unrealistic pursuit, that you pray some unrealistic prayers. And that you start believing for some unrealistic outcomes. You know, too often, man, I'm just in settings where, man, whenever somebody starts praying big prayers, developing a bold prayer list, um, start trusting God for big things or really believing there's going to always be some like spreadsheet slave who feels like, right. man, they got to bring, bring it down. They got to, they got to help you. And they're going to be like, man, you know, that, that's cool. You know, I, I'm all right with faith, but I, I got, you got to be realistic. Right. But like if you are going to be a believer. Like, there's nothing realistic in the Bible. It was not realistic for Joshua to expect the sun to stand still. It wasn't realistic for Peter to be expect to walk on water. It wasn't realistic for, you know, for, for, for Moses to open up a Red Sea. It wasn't realistic for Elijah to expect an axe head to float. It wasn't realistic for, you know, us to expect Jesus to get up out of the tomb. And what I'm saying is I don't believe that God's unrealistic work, you know, concluded when the, the canon of scripture <laughs> ceased. Right. Uh, I believe that he's still on the throne and I still believe that he operates in our lives in supernatural ways. We've just got to embrace the principles of faith and not try to merge faith and realism. The two are the two are at odds. They will never, ever agree. They will never, ever settle uh, without opposition in the same space. So I want to encourage somebody as opposed to trying to be a little realistic and a little believing. Man, get get rid of the, the realistic and lean all the way into the principles of faith. Wow.
0: There we go. This was this was awesome, guys. The book is called Get Unrealistic. Pastor Deblier Snell, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at breath of TV, the bookstore they are merch. I got my shirts. I didn't wear my T-shirt this morning. I don't know why I didn't wear my T-shirt. <laughs> it's all uh, so good.
1: I should have <laughs> worn mine too. I forgot all about it, man. But uh, yeah, thank you so much
0: for coming on the on the show, uh, the Build Your Vision show, Pastor Snow. We really appreciate it.
1: Listen, man, love what you're doing, man. I, I pray that you know, God allows you to prosper. I want to encourage you to continue to pray and and dream big. And I look forward to coming back in a number of years when your audience is tens of millions. Dream, think, believe that way, man. And, and we see God doing it already.
0: Executive production by
1: Cleavon Davis.
0: Music production by Cleavon Davis and Christian Hernandez. Build Your Vision podcast is a product of Build Your Vision LLC. Hey guys, Klee here. Thanks so much for listening to the Build Your Vision podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would think you did if you stayed all the way to the end. The best thing that you could do to help support this show is by sharing it with somebody. By you just taking a few seconds to recommend this show to somebody, you are making a huge impact not only on the success of this show, but possibly on that person's life.